previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. And all of a sudden we stand up with the Reverend Mark Schaefer and he's doing our wedding and they're like, people are like, is this real? What is happening? Like, is this a TikTok? <laughs> yeah. like, who gets married then at a restaurant? Because like, <laughs> this was like, what, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, yeah, right? Yeah, 7.30. Wow. And this one guy's like, he just takes out his phone. He's just recording it. I was like, okay. <laughs> Can I get a copy of that? Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. Welcome back, Roxy and Chuck. How you doing? Doing great. Fine as wine. All right. <laughs> Chuck's still reeling from the holidays and his turkey. And it keeps going. I mean, holidays aren't officially over until January something. So. Well, that's true, but you I guess know, you are January too. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're still reeling from uh, eating all that turkey and a little crow from another certain podcast. Oh, yeah, I'm stuffed. So we could not absolutely start this podcast today without celebrating the Washington area. With their big win yesterday, and luckily, we were able to call a friend of the show to get, you know, I'm wondering what his reaction is. Woo-hoo! Please welcome Joe Arrow <laughs> to the program. Hey, I'm so glad you had me back tonight. I'm oh, so happy to have you. <laughs> I was like, God. he must be going uh, He must be going crazy right now. This is my so phone, great. My phone's been ringing all talk. It was like, I'm on the team. <laughs> <laughs> my Facebook on my phone has been, like, blowing up. You know... I I was watching the Muhammad Ali fight against Liston, the first one yesterday, and I was uh-huh. like saying to myself, "This is what I'm going to say tomorrow night. We shook up the world. We shook up the world. <laughs> <laughs> we undefeated Steelers, and we were 11 and 0 29 years ago, and our 11th win was against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Wow. Oh. 11 and 0. I and saw the stat. Yeah, I that, saw the stat at the end of the game. It, uh, 1991 was the last time you won. That was the wow. best team of all time. They were 14-2, and two and they won the Super Bowl. But the, the week after that, they lost to Dallas. But there's another story. There's another okay. story. I was walking up the street today. I was coming home from getting a coffee. And there's this guy down the street. This is not a bad neighborhood, just so you know. Okay. But there's this guy down the street who, every time I go past him, if I'm wearing burgundy and gold, he gives me this look, and he always says something. He like makes a comment like, "Oh, your team sucks," or he'll he'll say something. <laughs> and then today, I'm walking down the street. I think he's a crack dealer. I'm not sure, but it, <laughs> I swear to God, this is not a bad neighborhood. But this guy, something's wrong with him. Okay. He's he said to me, "You know, your team is gonna get the sh- kicked out of them tonight." And I said, "We'll see about that, pal. I'll see you tomorrow." <laughs> oh. All I right. Can't see him tomorrow. You're not going to oh. sleep at all tonight. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that obviously you're win. excited. That I, was I, the best win of a long time, really. For a I long. I mean, and, and this is a five and seven second place team that we're talking yes. about. <laughs> a five but, and seven, tied for the lead, but lose a tiebreaker team. Yes. 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 Wow. Wow. But I was so happy for all of you. You were the first person I thought of. I have another dear friend that lives in Queens. He's from that area. He's like just diehard. He'll never give it up. The Orioles and the the Washington football team are his teams. Oh, I'd love to meet this guy. Well, you know so, what? It's nice sometimes to not be embarrassed by your team. It's very <laughs> few and far between these last 20-something years. It's so, yeah. it's so nice to be proud. Just to be my, proud. Of course. My, we my were biggest... losing 14 to nothing tonight. I know. And that interception at the end was just so great. That's when I wanted to go outside and bang the pots and pans like it was New Year's Eve. <laughs> oh, amazing. You should have. Oh no, but God. you know, somebody said something like Kevin Sheehan actually said with with like uh, a minute and 40 something seconds on Twitter, he was like saying this is the best win we've had in a long time. And I'm thinking this game's not even over yet. <laughs> <laughs> they could fumble the ball right back to him. Right. That's well, it's so great, great that you guys called me because I, I definitely needed to share my joy with someone. <laughs> well, oh, we God. appreciate you coming on and sharing it with the rest of the Loyal Little. So <laughs> thank you so much. You're very welcome. So I'm sure I have a feeling we'll be talking to you again soon, hopefully. <laughs> Anytime, guys. So, Anytime. Well, Thank you so much, Joe. We really appreciate it. See you guys later. Okay. So that was great, Roxy, Chuck. So if we can all take a breath, especially all our Washington friends, and I know you're excited, but we'd like to start the show with a very important announcement from Roxy. For the fourth year running, the Littles are participating in their own charity drive for the holidays, known as Little Elves. 
This year, they are raising funds for Rocco's Warriors, the nonprofit mentioned by Jamie Julian in our December 5th episode. Rocco's Warriors was named for Robert Berg's nephew, who passed away from leukemia in 2019 at the age of two. Rocco's Warriors assists families with the financial burdens that come with caring for a child diagnosed with cancer. If you'd like more details on the Little Elves 2020 Charity Drive, reach out to Claire Natola via email at claire.natola at gmail.com. Let me spell that for you. C-L-A-I-R-E dot N-A-T-O-L-A at gmail.com. Or via Twitter at CoolAuntClaire, and she'll send you all the info you need. Even the very smallest of donations will be of tremendous help. The Little Elves thank you and wish everyone the warmest and healthiest of holidays. Yeah, we do hope you can all help out with that. And like we said, no contribution is too small. Hashtag Littles Helping Littles. Now, I would like to do a quick shout out to all our out of the country loyal little listeners, I should say. When you release your podcast, they have all these analytics. And one of the things we can kind of see is that we have a few listeners from Australia, the United Kingdom, New Boy. Zealand, Canada, <laughs> and Ireland. How cool is Ireland? that? Ireland. Ireland. So special shout out to all you loyal littles and what we're calling loyal listeners from those parts. And we are still saying, please reach out if you would like to get in touch with us and be on the show, because we are looking forward to our first out of the country guest. We are totally willing. We'll do it at three o'clock in the morning East Coast time, if we have to, well, Chuck won't, but Roxy and I will probably do it. <laughs> and we would love to have you on. And speaking of getting in touch with us, don't forget the email address is wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. And some more exciting Loyal Littles podcast news. We are now on Twitter. Chuck, are you on the Twitter? Woo! I am not on the Twitter. <laughs> well, at least you know the lingo, Chuck. We are officially on Twitter, so please follow us at loyal littles pod that is our handle at loyal littles pod it was too many letters to do podcast so we are at loyal littles pod please follow us and you'll find some fun updates and some fun stuff over there as well so before we start the big show and meet the littles chuck you had a big event happen recently did you not yeah i got a new addition to the tiny community Oh, Chuck. <laughs> In our household, we adopted a rescue Labradoodle um, like six days ago, and her name is Zelda. And, Zelda! Uh, I love yeah, it! Yeah, we named her Zelda, and she's getting adjusted. It's, I mean, I swear to God, it's like having a two-year-old running around. She's about, well... Actually, she is two, so it is a two-year-old ring around. But, she, I mean, she's got, like, ten stuffed animals, and they are all over the house. And you wake up, and you're stepping on a slobbery <laughs> toy or a slobbery treat. And she's just running back and forth. She's, it took her a little while to get adjusted. You know, she's kind of pacing and wondering what the hell's going on. But it's been, like, six days, I think. No, five days. So she's, she's still getting adjusted, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Now, Chuck, she's a where did... ball of energy. Where did Aww. you get her from? She was a rescue dog from Have a Heart Group, and they rescued a pack of about 50 dogs, I think, from a, a puppy mill breeder, and that had they were all severely mistreated. Basically, you know, chained to trees their whole life in all kinds of elements. And so these uh, this group rescued these dogs, and they've been put into foster homes for about two months um, to kind of get rehabilitated back into where they can find their forever home and, and, and get you a had loving to go to family. Where to pick that pick up? We went. We we drove up to Illinois last Saturday and and picked her up and kind of you know it's it's a terrible. Not terrible, but it's just kind of one another heart wrenching thing when you're going to get this dog and she's you know attached to this foster family for the mm. last two months, and then yeah. you're like taking her away, and she has no idea what you're doing or who you are, and it's just like you're almost like starting the whole process all over again. She's adjusting. We are, we have another dog, so that makes it helpful that you know they they kind of have each other to kind of buddy up to. But, so yep. what what was that like, Chuck? The car ride? Or did you you know? 
this dog is the absolute sweetest thing. Our other dog is, is very similar. So once we got in the car, I kind of sat in the back. She likes going in the car anyway, so that okay. was probably a little bit helpful. Then an hour, she was basically laying in the back on her pillow, and we were just very affectionate with her to kind of keep her calm and that kind of stuff. Aww. And she did great. So, but so you didn't bring your other dog. What's your other dog's no. name, by the way? My other dog's name's Chuck. What do you think? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah, it's Charlie. But yeah. How did I not know this, Chuck? <laughs> Chuck and Zelda. Chuck, Chuck and Zelda. Zelda. Love yeah. it. That is so cute. I need another box thought about of tissues, naming... by the way. <laughs> exactly, right? No, I almost Chuck. thought about naming the other dog Chuck, too. You know, kind of like uh, George Foreman named all his kids George. Now, now Chuck, <laughs> oh my gosh. tell the truth now. You named your dog Chuck so that when the wife calls Chuck, you can say, oh, I thought you were calling the dog when you don't come, right? <laughs> is, that, is that the truth? Come on, fess up. She doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's 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 an all. Uh, it's just a game of like, can I get out of doing something? Exactly. You'd be like, oh dear, I'm sorry. I thought you were calling the dog. I didn't know you were wanted. No, uh, uh, actually, my my stepson Dubin named the dog Chuck, so it was pretty. It was pretty ironic. I was like, wow, maybe I have changed the chick stepson's name to Chuck. Well, best of luck with Zelda. Yeah, and she's great. We, Hopefully, you we, can meet her someday. Well, Chuck, I was going to say, you know, the big show has a tendency to have some guest dog appearances. So maybe someday. Oh, really? Yeah, Chuck. If you were a little, you would know that. And maybe someday you will be. But yeah. So I we just have a wanted couple, to be a little. We have, we have, <laughs> we have, we usually have appearances by Chessie and Copper. And maybe someday we'll have an appearance by Zelda or Chuck Jr., I guess we'll call. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do so, it. So we'll see. So, well, first, real quick, Roxy, dog or cat? person that should be maybe one of our littles questions but, yeah that's right, a good question right? so i i love dogs i love all animals but i am definitely a cat lady ah, i am definitely a cat, cat lady loves i love them so much all right well I, I we might need a you don't have one though right i don't hopefully yeah. someday my apartment doesn't allow pets so oh, i see Gotcha. As soon as I move, I'm moving to a place that can have pets. I'm going to get a cat. <laughs> so we'll have to uh, – maybe we'll have an official kitty of the Loyal Littles yeah. podcast someday. Uh, but, Roxy, I'm going to out you on something because I found this very uh -oh. hilarious. As okay. everyone knows, when we close the podcast every day pretty much, and it's obviously an homage to the, t the big show. Now, in your defense, the line is if you're out on your if you're out on your computer tonight shopping online, use the codes. Use the code. Roxy, explain what happened to you the other day. You went out. Now you weren't online, so I'll give you a little pushback there. But you went shopping. Yeah, I went uh, to Michaels to pick up some craft things I've got in the works, and it may be related to this podcast, maybe and not. maybe related to the new profile picture that maybe. we now have. And so anyway, <laughs> I go to Michaels, and I'm picking out my stuff. I get in line. I check to see, okay, what kind of coupon codes do I have in my email or the website? And I find one, and it's 20% off all regular priced items. So I'm and like, now this, this is great. And I'm this was from, it. you just got an email from Michaels Through or Michaels. something? Yeah, because gotcha. I, I, I'm a part of their like, email oh, yeah. subscription, so I get news gotcha. and deals. Michaels, and it's Michaels is famous yeah. for coupons, man. Oh, they always put out those coupons. Coupon. <laughs> okay. But Chuck, now, before we proceed, you would you would say a coupon is the same thing as a code, right, kind of thing? Yeah, typically Same online. Same kind of thing. Yeah, sure, pretty much. Sure. Right. Okay. Thing. All right, Roxy, yeah, please a proceed. A coupon code. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so I'm in line. I find this coupon. I'm like, score. I've got my basket. I'm super excited. I have my reusable bag. I can't wait to put the stuff in when I'm done checking out. I get up to the register, and it's really great. Some of the protocols that these stores have put in place, they have the plexiglass between the customer and the person at the register. And, you know, I just, I had so much stuff in my basket that I couldn't fit it all on the counter because of the plexiglass between us. So Which, I had which we're obviously in, thankful for. We're but, very thankful for, and it made me feel safe and comfortable, but... But it does make it tricky, so... It, I got very flustered. So I'm <laughs> trying to check out and bag and pay all at the same time. 
and it's all in this like rotation of right, finding right. where I'm on the counter. I forgot to use the coupon code. Roxy! What? I did. I did. Oh. I feel so... Roxy, you forgot to use I, the code. I dropped the ball. I totally dropped the ball. So, loyal littles, take our advice, because we don't. Use the code. Use the code. Use when the you're at code. the register, take a deep breath. No one's trying to rush you out of there. There were plenty of other registers open for the people in line behind you. So just take your time. Take Did you figure out how much you would have saved? I think you said that one of the saving graces was that there was a technical on the coupon about only non-sale items or something like that. Right. Most of my items were already on sale. So I, I gotcha. maybe would have only saved a couple bucks. But still, but still a dollar is a dollar. You know? A dollar is a dollar. Is a dollar so... Sorry for that long story, Loyal Littles. I just found that very funny because every day she says it and she forgot to use the code. When you're out and about, don't be like Roxy. Take a deep breath and use your code. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all you Loyal Littles, it's now the time you've been waiting for in our favorite segment. We'll be right back because it's time to meet the Littles. Streetlight lovers in the middle of summer Stuck in the calm right before the kiss My midnight eyes on your cigarette lips I miss that moment and what came from me Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast. We are being played in by an artist simply called Prime. This song is called Brooklyn. If you want to get in touch with Prime, you can visit his website at primemusic.com that is spelled p-r-i-m-m-e music.com and he's also on the instagram pages at prime music that's p-r-i-m-m-e-m-u-s-i-c now roxy he also does a lot of videos you were lucky enough to attend a launch party at one point right I did. It was for his song, Closer to You. It was an early song in his career, and I actually got to go view the launching of his music video for that song, and it was so much fun. And sure, we should also mention that you can certainly find all his stuff on iTunes. And as always, we'll play the full song, Brooklyn, at the end of the podcast. Now it's everyone's favorite segment. It's time to meet the Littles. Roxy, we are so excited to bring in Jeff Heisen. Welcome, Jeff, to the program. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Hi, Chuck. Hi, Roxy. Hi. (laughs) So, Jeff, what we normally do is just let the guests start off by introduce yourself, tell us something about yourself, and let us know what you do for a living and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Well, again, it's a thrill to be here. I... uh... I live in the in Silver Spring, the Colesville area. I'm a, like Mr. Tony. I grew up on Long Island and moved to Washington uh, more than 30 years ago. And I've lived more than uh, half my life in the Washington area, but I still feel like a native New Yorker. I grew up in Great Neck, not far, I think, from uh, Mr. Tony in Newsday territory. I worked for 31 years as an attorney with a federal agency that most people hadn't heard of until the last two weeks and that's the General Services Administration. I retired in 2018, and I'm trying to figure out the next step in my life. I'm also a husband. I have a great wife. I have two sons, two masculine child, and I am a stand-up comic in the Washington, D.C. area. Oh, that's wow. great. Honestly, Jeff, I was a little scared to have you come on the podcast. Because when I saw you were a comedian, and if you listened to one of the previous episodes with Joe Arrow, I completely admitted I am not smart nor funny. So the one thing I remember saying to you when you sent us an email, I said, you're not going to roast us on the air, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and you promised you wouldn't. So <laughs> No, I'm not that type of comic. Okay. Uh, Jeff uh, Ross is the master of the roast. I'm not. I've been invited to do roasts, and that's not my specialty. I'm also a clean comic, so you won't have to edit any curses out. (laughs) Okay, that's great. (laughs) That'll save me some time. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not against cursing. It's just that no one wants to hear their father curse. (laughs) Now, quickly, do you remember the stories Tony would tell about when he was asked to do the roast at the – I believe it was at the Kennedy Center? Yes. Do you remember all that? So you don't do that kind of stuff. So go in more detail. What kind of comedy do you do? 
I do a lot of, about myself. I find that the comedy, the comedy that comes from talking about my wife, uh, my job, my experiences, is the most truthful. Some, the way some people say it is that's how you speak your truth. And I do it through comedy. I don't like generic comedy for me. You, get, you can have problems in comedy when you write a joke and it's about a topic common to other people. I have a Costco bit. Okay. It's, it's good. One night I did the Costco bit and got some laughs, left the stage. The host came up and he started talking about Costco. And the next comic started talking about Costco. And that was the last time I talked about Costco. Ah. <laughs> I don't want that. I, right. Nobody else is going to tell jokes about my wife. <laughs> so that's a, that's a good topic for me. <laughs> I almost wanted to cut you off there. Are you an Office fan? Uh, surprisingly, no, despite oh, okay. my, my children have told me to be. Yeah, you should be, actually. We're, we're big Office fans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you said something about speaking your truth, and Office fans will get that reference, but yep. obviously you won't. So the Costco bit only aired one time? Is that what I'm hearing, basically? Oh. or? A few, it aired a few times, but that was the night when everybody piled on with similar topics. So that's the night I abandoned it. Okay. Right. So now I see where, because we did some homework and you sent us a nice little video, which was, a, was that the reality appearance you were, you were referring to? Yes. What was that on? I was the subject of a reality show. And it's not one of those reality shows where you take your clothes off or you date. <laughs> I, uh, there was a obscure cable channel called RLTV. And if you haven't heard of it, you're not alone. <laughs> it, it stood for retirement life and then later oh. redefined life. And I use this in the past tense because they're out of business. Oh. And how does a cable company, cable channel go out of business? I don't know. Look at <laughs> on your cable system. But they went out of business, but not before they had a 10-episode original show called Second Act. And it was about people who were starting a new career past 50. And they reached out to me. And it was a, the production company was out of Baltimore, so it was convenient. And they have a 30-minute episode about me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we actually were watching uh, most of that this morning, trying mm -hmm. to do some homework and prep work so we'd know what to talk to you about and stuff. And it was really interesting how they brought – well, they brought you all the way up to New York City. Is that is that how you got to perform at Gotham Comedy yes. Club here in New York? Okay. Yes. That was the culmination. They asked me, what would be the big thing for you to do to end the show? And I said, a stand-up gig in New York. Nice. And so that's what everything led to. Now, that was the last thing we taped. But if you watch the show, and by the way, for the listeners of this podcast, if you want to see the show, you can find it on my website and you can find it on my YouTube channel, which hopefully at the end of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so everything else was filmed in a different order than you saw. They created a narrative based on what they filmed. I was bad. They brought in coaches. I got better. I started prepping for the big show in New York. They took me to a clothing store. They had me tell some stories uh, about my career. And then I went to New York. Except for the New York part, none of it happened in the order <laughs> that you saw. Gotcha. gotcha. And, and one day I asked the host of the show about that. I said, this isn't reality. He says, it's finding the reality from what we film. Right. So nothing that they film was untruthful, but between us, it was out of that, out of order gotcha. to create a narrative. It's, it's interesting right. that you say that because we kind of go through. All right. So are, are you a Survivor fan by any chance? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, good. Right. So we're, we're diehard Survivor fans. Yeah. Rick Devins, dream come true would be you coming on this podcast someday. That's okay. We're here. He's more of a medium big. I want to meet the littles. So that's okay. <laughs> but obviously being diehard Survivor fans, I mean, when he yelled the cheesery on that episode, yes. we were just like mind blown. We were Because it was funny because all my the other people that are watching it, we do uh, Survivor fantasy groups, things like that. And uh, they were like, what? We were the only ones that knew what it meant. It was so right. great. But anyway, sidetrack. So 
because I've become such a big Survivor fan, I am in multiple, you know how there's multiple TK groups? Well, there's multiple Facebook Survivor groups. And I've learned now, being in the business, the production side of things, and a lot of times it's a lot about the edit, as we know. And this, I'm assuming you watch season 40. And how... And how Wendell became like the enemy, the the villain of the and, you know, and I I heard a very in-depth interview with him, how he embraced it. But that wasn't the game he played. He said, but the edit made it look out to be that way. So I totally understand what you're saying, how for production's sake nowadays, how they just re-edit and do things in different orders. And well, heck, I recently that the TK podcast uh, back when it was at Chatter was that's how they did it there, too. They would do. If there was an interview coming on, they had to do it that moment, and then they would skip it and splice it into where they wanted it in the podcast and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I guess it makes total sense, but I just never would think of those things. Right. The one time I went to Chatter, they did that. They taped one of the guests. It might have been Chuck Todd, because that was when he was available, even right. though I don't think the show had started yet. Right. Which again makes complete sense, but you know when you're you're just a casual. I hope that wasn't a spoiler for any <laughs> for all the littles. You know when you're listening to the podcast, but it just also gives for me what I've gotten into the last month doing this podcast with like the the editing process is just it blows my mind even more how much Nigel, well Mark, and those guys do to edit it down and splice it together and make it work. It gives me I can't applaud them enough. I really can't. So are you saying your edit for the reality show was good, though? I mean, you said it was all truthful. It was fine. It was, I don't have a problem with it. My wife had a problem with it, with her Uh, edit. Okay, interesting. Uh, Yes. So she was made out to be negative about my comedy because that fit their story. Right. I noticed Uh, that. Yes, they wanted her to say, I don't want him to be a comedian. I don't want him to talk about me. And now she's a lawyer's wife, so she's used to talks about questioning and answering the question. And she picked up on what they were doing, but they kept pushing it. And they suspected that I was influencing her. So they had one interview with her where I wasn't there. They talked to her out of the house in a restaurant and I wasn't there, but that didn't change her, uh, what she told them, which is she was encouraging and she's always been encouraging. Yeah, that's that's always tricky. Did you have to sign paperwork, not necessarily signing away your rights of your say and how this plays out? Or, you know, was that something that they needed to get sort of permission before they started doing all of these tweaks and things? Yes, it wasn't as as detailed as the survivor waiver, but it was uh, you you agree to uh, let us us do what we want to do. Right. So you basically agree to whatever they do, but that doesn't necessarily mean what they do is what you like. Right. So and, that, and that's got to be tough, especially for her in that situation. What was interesting for me was being the subject of a show because I'm not used to that. I'm not a celebrity. And mm-hmm. so getting mic'd, having my picture taken, I wasn't used to that. And everybody around me was a professional, but it was unusual. Yeah. But I, I knew it would end well because that's how the show had to end. And even mm-hmm. the producer said, even if you bomb at Gotham, we're going to make you sound great. So the pressure was off. Well, that's That's kind of good. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say it must be really, really tricky in in those scenarios because understandably you want to get your story, you know, when they ask you to do this. And I mean, do you try to to make money doing this? Do you perform or do you just do it as a hobby? A hobby is a a touchy word in in the comedy business because it makes it seem like you're not as serious about, about it as somebody who's doing it full time. So I wouldn't call it a hobby, but I could not sustain living uh, based on on the show. Uh, For example, I got booked today to do a Zoom show with a guy who does various shows, and he pays me, ready for this, $10. Whoa. $10. Now, during the pandemic, I'm only performing from my house on Zoom. And it's the first time that I'm going to actually make the $10 because if I do one of his shows and I, and I go into the district or Virginia, so I lose money on the gas. And if I'm there early enough, I buy dinner. 
So I lose money. So I'm actually making the $10. Oh, money. that's nice. Well, that's you, awesome. you're, you're talking to actors, so we totally understand that. It's yeah. like by the time you get to the gig and all that stuff, you're, it's actually costing you money to perform. Right. But my point was that you obviously want to get your name out there. So you want to do this show, but you're at the mercy of the producers, I'm assuming, and how they portray you and whatnot. Yes. Uh, so, Roxy, side note, I'm no longer going to consider this podcast a hobby because that's information for life. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. And Because uh, I am taking this seriously and I am pouring a lot of time into it. And but it's fun and it, and I get to meet people like you and it's exciting and it's just a good time. But I've, I've honestly just kind of been considering it a hobby. That's the running joke is that Roxy keeps telling people, well, he needed a hobby because he's not yep. working. So start a podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway. But it is it's turning into what started out as maybe that is turning into more than that. I don't know what we would call it, but it, it's definitely more than just a hobby. So I get that. No, so you're, well, you're good at it and you're following. And so it could lead to other things. It could. Well, that's sweet of you. So <laughs> we're, we're, get, we're trying to get better. We promise. So real quickly on your form, you actually put that you actually got to one of the tapings at Clyde's, one of the last live shows. It was about a year ago. My older child, a masculine child, a second generation little. And I went there, Eric, and I went there and it was packed. And I don't think Mr. Tony expected that many people. I don't think Clyde's expected that many people. And it was hard to navigate the room to get food. And it was live show. And they're up on the, the Bema. And so it was hard even to see them where we were sitting. Chuck Todd was there. Saliza was there. And they talked to Carville. And I have a friend, Greg, on Long Island in Baldwin, and I told him about this and he said to me, my thought is that isn't that what every party in Washington is like? <laughs> have all these political uh, people. And Tony, at the end, stood up and you were able. And it's strange to think about that now that we with uh, COVID, everybody came up to him, was able to put we put our hand mm. on his back and take a picture. And that's not going to happen in the future. But that's what happened there. But I spent the whole time worried for Mr. Tony. And that's what the show does to you, because you remember things about the show. And I noticed that the parking lot in the little shopping area was credit card only. Uh. <laughs> and Mr. Tony hates that. <laughs> sure okay. does. Or cash only, homies. Cash only. Show <laughs> Arrow said. So. I spent the whole time worried that Mr. Tony would never be able to get out of the parking lot. Oh, no. <laughs> but fortunately, Clyde's validated parking for oh, bigs that's... and for littles. Oh, that's oh, great. Nice. Yes. So Good I was for Clyde's. relieved about that. So okay. shout out to Clyde's. Yes. Go visit them or get some takeout, whatever. I hope they're still up and running. I assume they would be. That'll be our free little Clyde's ad for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so could you... Go in a little bit. How were you first introduced to Tony? Remember sitting in my office, wanting to have something on, and I list, And this is pre-Sirius XM, pre-internet even. Okay, That's so a we're long going back. Time a, I was wondering how long. <laughs> I didn't want to ask that because I knew that would be giving some information away. But that's a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I put on the local sports station, even though I'm not a fan. of of any of the uh, local professional teams. I put it on, I've listened to, I think it was the fabulous sports babe. And I, and I listened to Mr. Tony and I was hooked, even though he talked about the Washington football team and I didn't care. I knew how good a writer he was from the Washington post and I enjoyed the show and I was hooked and I stayed with it ever since. So did you read his columns before you started listening or yes. vice versa? And I remembered, well, this goes back to the days when you actually got a physical newspaper and took the sports section on the train with you. Sure. Yep. And I would read him there. And then I remember when he switched just to the uh, art, the style section for a while. So I've been a fan for a long time. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and we will come back with some of our favorite questions. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. We've got Jeff Heisen with us today. And you said that you are not a fan of the local team. You you are in Maryland, right? Or the D.C. Yeah. area? Yeah. Okay. So 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing you are a, a sports fan of some sort since you listen to a, a sports podcast. What, what are your favorite teams? Who, who are your rooting interests? What sports? Well, first of all, uh, I'm not a fan of any professional football team. I'm a Jets fan. <laughs> <laughs> so a team from New Jersey. That's oh, fantastic. That's <laughs> and the fact that I don't curse on stage doesn't change the fact that I do curse in real life. And you'll find that at about one o'clock every Sunday. <laughs> oh. Oh, I feel for you. Out of the New York, out of the, I call them the New Jersey teams uh, on my other podcast, but uh, out of the, the two teams, I do have a very soft spot for the Jets. And it's probably because of Mr. Tony and they just remind me of the Mets. You know, it's always, uh, I just, I don't know what to say. Yeah, they're well, always I'm, an underdog. I am a fervent uh, Mets fan and I've noticed one tick that Mr. Tony has that when the Nationals win, it's a, an A block story. Mm. When the Nationals lose, he says oh, that is, it's, it's a local story, and, <laughs> and he'll minimize it, <laughs> and then he'll start ranting about the bullpen. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I uh, love the Mets, and there was one game two seasons ago where I was shown on Masson. Wow. Okay. I didn't know this. Uh-oh. It wasn't this abbreviated season. It was 2019, and it was the game when they when Washington scored a zillion runs against Diaz capped off by a home run by the nationals catcher. Mm-hmm. And earlier that season, I was at a game in Philadelphia and the Mets were up in extra innings. Diaz came in and he gave up a two run Homer and the Phillies walked off. Oh. So this is now the Mets up by five or six going into the bottom of the ninth. And my friend Kirby says, I'm leaving now. I don't want to see Diaz blow it. (laughs) And I'm thinking I want to be able to walk out of the minor league ballpark known as Nationals Park triumphantly. And I'm sitting there and there's nobody around me except for Mets fans because there were some stayed for the end of the game. And the Nationals start pecking away, pecking away, pecking away. And I've seen this movie before. Uh, (laughs) So... I'm sitting by myself, and I remember looking at the scoreboard, thinking, here comes a home run. And it was around this time that Masson shows me, just sitting there by myself, the next pitch, Kurt Suzuki hits a two-run walk-off, and I've never gotten out of there that fast. (laughs) And, And nobody told me this, because none of the local fans were watching. Mm -hmm. Because they had given up hope. The next day, I'm at the gym. Remember gyms? I'm at the gym. (laughs) And the spin instructor says to me, were you at the game last night? Because I saw you on TV. And then the next, and around that time, they were replaying it. And my phone started blowing up saying, ha ha, we saw you on TV. And I still get that because it's now a Nationals classic. Oh, so they, wow. so I'm, I'm, I'm a regular now on Masson. <laughs> oh, how great is that? Awesome. Not really. No, it's not <laughs> well, great. I mean, okay, that's good. <laughs> you should have had like your logo on a shirt or something for your like website or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, how much does your face light up exactly when you hear about all these stories that Tony throws out about Long Island and growing up? Were you anywhere near where he grew up? Within a half hour, but I, I love those stories. I love when he had Ron Darling on and when he talks about his Newsday days. Right. Love yeah. those stories. Have you ever had an email read on the show? I did, and it was such a thrill. It was the tail end of the story I told earlier about visiting Clyde's and how I was worried about Mr. Tony getting out of the parking lot. And mm. I remembered that uh, Michael laughed at that story. Oh, you got Michael to laugh. Yes. Uh-huh. That's, you know, it's so funny how people have like little ticks as far as like what, what constitutes mine was that I actually got emails read. I've only gotten two in my life and they were back to back. Oh, and really? that's, that was, and, and you know what? I tried to go for a third and I overreached oh. and they didn't read it. And I knew it, you know, when I was writing it, I was like, okay, this is kind of an overreach, but I'm going to try. And then it, and then I respectfully just stopped. I didn't even try for like the next day or anything like that. Well, it was because he referenced me 
it was funny. I was trying to get Tony to come up to throw the first pitch for the Broadway show league softball league here in New York city. And it was right around his Hamilton craze. And we were trying to get him Hamilton tickets. And I came up with this idea. It's right around when he was like saying how hockey always kills the ratings. And so I actually had him read the results from the Broadway show league where wicked beat lion King today, <laughs> five to four in the Broadway. And they started laughing. And so he goes, and he ended it with, he goes, this is great. And and I know he's our Broadway show league correspondent, but can you get me freaking tickets to Hamilton or what? <laughs> and, uh, so I went with that and I, I did a third email and it didn't get read. So I let it go. And uh, that was fun. Roxy actually got an email read once. Do you want to quick tell that, Roxy? I did. Well, it was for Chuck's birthday. It was I so was hoping sweet. to get a birthday shout out. And of course, I was super nervous about it. I knew to write an email and have it read, it had to be really good. So I wrote out what I thought was good. And I actually spoiled the surprise and made Chuck edit it (laughs) to make sure that it would be read or had the best potential to be read on the air. And sure enough, it got read. And I think I was more excited than he was. Okay, so I assume your wife would be considered a tiny, like <laughs> I am considered a tiny. <laughs> I wouldn't call her that, uh, but uh, oh, uh, she listens to the show when I put it on in the car, and it's interesting watching her react because the sports segments she doesn't care about. Sure. But when Mr. Tony is talking about shopping, his on his foibles with online shopping. Mm -hmm. Uh, we love when he talks about Rehoboth because uh, until this year we would go every year to Rehoboth and she loves those stories and she loves when he's talking about his health and she gets concerned about his health I'll have PTI on she looks at the TV and says he's really lost a lot of weight you know I think that's so great I think that's a testament to Mr. Tony is that his shows there's something in it for everybody Yes, that, that's you may true. Not, you may not like everything he talks about, but eventually he does come around to a topic that you actually might be interested in. And I think that's that's pretty cool. The Bass Shoes story recently about him getting four pair. Oh, yeah. uh, every year we go to the Rehoboth Jewy areas of family. And we've been doing that consistently for 26 years. This is the first year because of COVID that we didn't go. But we started to stop at places where Mr. Tony would would mention. And we always would go to browse about. But now it's, is Mr. Tony here? Well, of (laughs) course he's not here because it's at night and there are other people there. (laughs) He's He's there at 7.30 in the morning before the tourists are out. Right. But I'll say, I'll say to my sons, I wonder if Mr. Tony's here. I know the Dunkin' Donuts that he had a problem with. <laughs> and I know all the stores he goes to in the outlet. Once I took a picture in the Bass Outlet of the Mr. Tony shoes. Oh, nice. And I posted it on the uh, the Facebook page. And people are looking at me like, why are you taking a picture of a shoe display? <laughs> <laughs> but it makes perfect sense to those of us in Mr. Tony's world. Sure. Yeah, that's great. And that's I, amazing. You know, I guess it could be like when Seinfeld was at its heyday, when there was a Kramer tour, there could uh, one day be a Mr. Tony tour. Of the yes. Area. Yeah. Well, they kind of did something like that with the Jingle Fest, didn't they? Where when they were, I, I believe when it was in D.C., where they did a bus group tour where they went by Bethesda Bagels and they yes. went by Chatter and they yes. went by all the, you know, they did like a little and the cheeserie and all that yes. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the uh, one of the jingle fests at, at uh, Jam and Java uh, where I performed also. Not that day, but uh, that was that was it was a great experience. And you try to describe something like that to other people. Why are you going? Well, I'm going to watch people do basically do karaoke. But it, may, but you were with other people who thought the same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I, I don't remember his name when uh, they played my favorite song, which was the Ann Hornaday song to John Denver and the the version of Annie's song in oh. honor of Ann Hornaday. And I said they're playing my favorite song like like it was Fruitbird. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's what we were kind of going into a few episodes ago with Joe Arrow, just what those songs mean to some people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's yeah. so it's so amazing, the community and the connection. It's pretty amazing. So do you enjoy the Uranus jokes? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a never not funny guy. That's right. right. No, any type of humor can be funny. I mean, just because I don't curse on stage doesn't mean I can't appreciate a comedian <laughs> who uses colorful language well it's when you don't use it well when it's just thrown in there that it bothers me but some of the greatest of all time uh george carlin and richard pryor uh, were masters of language and whether or not that included cursing yes uranus joke is always funny all right and as our famous homage on the questions we'll get you out of here on this we have to ask over or under oh under uh, whoa! I think we're tied, Roxy. In the yeah, I think we are. <laughs> under, and if I will change any toilet paper that others who were in the house. All right. That, that may be a little OCD, but you got to take a stand. Well, I love that we found another under. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on. I know we want to plug all your stuff. So why don't you do that right now before we forget? Go ahead. Okay, well, you can find me at my website. And if you're watching on News Channel 8, it's at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> it's www.jeffheisencomedy.com. One word, H-Y-S-E-N, Jeff Heisen Comedy. And I'm also at Jeff Heisen Comedy on the socials. Uh, Jeff, is the episode that you did for the RLTV, is that on your website as well? It's on my website, jeffheisencomedy.com, and it's great. at my YouTube page, which is Jeff Heisen Comedy, one word. Okay, great. Yeah. So Roxy and I were watching this morning before we came on, and one of the segments I found very interesting was it showed you in a bar where there was a TV and a football game being played in the background. People were cheering for the team because they scored a touchdown or something, and how you had to handle that on stage. How did that happen? I mean, how or what did you do? How, what did you feel like, I guess, is my question. That was one of the last that was filmed, and they put that at the beginning of the show to show that I was inept. What happened was, as I was doing my set, the Washington football team, which had a real name at the time, we don't say, scored. And then they scored again. And I'm only up there for 10 minutes, but... They scored twice, and the people at the bar were cheering, and it threw off my timing. They set that up on the show in a way that was presented where I was not good at, at right. my, my job, and you could argue that I should have handled the interruptions better. So that was their opportunity to say, well, Jeff needs help, and so we're sure. going to bring in mm-hmm. some coaches. Okay, all right, so that's the edit. But I'm talking, now let's get away from the reality show. The reason I'm asking is because I have a a friend from high school who I'm going to make sure he hears this episode, who's a aspiring comic. And I see clips of him and he goes through this, he's performing in these bar restaurants where sometimes there's people that walk in in front of the stage while he's performing. And it must, I know it throws him off. And what is your advice like for aspiring comics out there? Like You have to keep your focus. Uh, You have to not be distracted by the person who's drunk over there, who's talking too loudly, or the person who says, I want my check over there, because Mm -hmm. you have to stay in the moment. That doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that you shouldn't react to something that you feel comfortable reacting to, where you might have an anecdote or a joke that you could say, but you don't have to acknowledge everything. Sometimes right. you just plow ahead. Right. That's well, great. one time I actually had the privilege of seeing Jerry Seinfeld in concert. Oh. It was sad, actually, because he cut his act really short. I think he did what he had his contractual. But there were drunk hecklers in the front. I don't know how they got in or what they were doing. But and I was, of course, you know, didn't have such a good ticket and was seeing more towards the back of the, the orchestra section. And you could tell it was kind of throwing him not you can't throw Jerry Seinfeld off, let's be real, but it was kind of pissing him off. Yeah. And finally he just went, Come on, man, what are you doing? And then he went back to his act. And then finally he said, You know what, everyone? I'm out of here. Thank you. You've been a great audience. And he just left. And it well, like ruined it for the rest of us. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it what? was terrible. But you know, I mean he still did his forty five minutes to an hour, but you could tell because he kind of referenced him a few times. So it was getting worse and worse. 
And of course, we don't. I have no idea what he was saying. I tried to find out afterwards. No one was talking about it. So I don't know. Some people want to be part of the show, right. right? So, so your advice is just you just plug on, kind of ignore them. Yeah. And well, Jeff, I can't thank you enough for taking the time and come on the Loyal Littles podcast today. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Roxy, and thank you to the vast listening audience. <laughs> All right, Loyal Littles, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. How much fun was that? Jeff, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story with all the Loyal Littles. Mostly, thank you for not roasting us. You know, Roxy, when, <laughs> when I, I, as I referenced in the interview, I said to him, I was a little hesitant because we're new to this. And that was my biggest fear was not knowing Jeff at all. He was going to come on and start roasting us and we were going to be defenseless from it. And let's get to the news, shall we? All right, we start in Ontario, Canada today. Uh, It's the holidays, and this is such a heart. We have a couple very heartwarming stories today, actually. An Ontario, Canada man who lost his wallet 54 years ago had it returned to him after another man found it in an old couch. How great is that? Whoa. What? Check your couches, people. Yeah. Who doesn't check it? That's the first place you check. (laughs) How can you be there 54 years? Darcy Major, 86, of Port Dover, said his wallet went missing in 1966, and he never found out what happened to it until Christopher Camacho got in touch with his children. Camacho found the wallet in an old couch and got Mayer's name from the documents inside, which included a driver's license, an old check, and a dog license. He wrote in the currently in Port Dover group on Facebook that he had fished the wallet out of an old couch and was trying to find its owner. Commenters on the post helped him get in touch with the mayor's children, who informed their father that his wallet was found. Mayor said he was grateful to Camacho for tracking him down. It's quite a thrill, even though everything is outdated. There's honest people out there to return it. He could have put it in the garbage, and it's so nice that there's people like that. How sweet is that? Did he give a reward? Oh, that's a good that's question. That's a good question. Chef. Even though there was nothing in there that was worth a damn, do you <laughs> still give a reward? Because, you know, if there, if there was $100 in there, I'm sure he would have given a reward, right? Yeah, I would think so. Well, I don't know. I would think so. A cut. So, no, well, let me tell you, I have a similar story. I, when we were in Paris a couple of years ago, I found a wallet on the sidewalk right by where we were staying. It was a Chuck wallet. I mean, it was like, half a foot tall i mean just packed with all kinds of Wait, stuff did you just say a chuck wallet yeah your wallets are notorious like for like huge like you can't even close them chuck, that's has true. So many receipts in them. <laughs> chuck, it's so true are you outing me having a seinfeld wallet yes you probably <laughs> have back problems i don't even know if you can put that thing in your pocket anymore but um, anyway i found this wallet to throw a brother under the bus <laughs> I mean, that's your call if you want to do it that way. There's no reason you can't. But anyway, so we found this guy on Facebook and found and told him that we had found his wallet. You know, we're in France. We don't have any idea who anybody is or how to even speak French. So he responds. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you found it. And then he uh, so we made arrangements to meet him like at this grocery store. And he came in and he was like, oh, my God, French people would never do this. I can't believe you. You know, thank you so much. And he gave us like couple bottles of champagne french champagne and he invited us he was a bartender at this club and he invited us to come down and watch at the time there was a world cup and france was doing really good and he was like come in and all your food and all your drinks are free and i mean he went to the nines and wow we didn't accept it and i don't even remember i mean it was just it wasn't like maybe he had some sentimental things in there but it wasn't like you know thousands of dollars or anything inside yeah it was i mean it was it was a nice gesture and he he was happy about it and obviously you know so good for that guy for returning it but i still can't believe he couldn't find it in the couch i mean i mean that's (laughs) where you look the first thing is couch everywhere (laughs) And you have to really get down in there. The right. You, yeah. can't just, you can't just look. You have to, like, get your hands in there. Yep. I don't know. That's what she said? But... Yeah, Chuck, <laughs> let's, let's move on. R- Roxy, speaking of heartwarming stories for the holidays. I got one for you. So you remember last time we had the beautiful story of Rocky the owl who got transported to New York City in the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, 
Headline, Australian woman finds wild koala in her Christmas tree. Written by <laughs> Ben Hooper. Cool. Wait, what? <laughs> how do you, wait, no. All right, I'm going to let you, like, how do you let find a koala Let me tell you the story. There? I mean, an owl, I can understand. Okay, go ahead, Roxy. Okay, so. Animal rescuers in Australia were summoned to the home of a woman who found something unexpected in the branches of her Christmas tree. It was a koala. The Adelaide and Hills Koala Rescue said the hotline operator initially thought they were being pranked when Amanda McCormick called to report finding a koala climbing the Christmas tree inside her home in Manham. But no, a koala desperate to get in the Christmas spirit had wandered into Amanda's house and decided it wanted to be the fairy on the Christmas tree, the rescue said in a (laughs) Facebook post. The female koala was safely returned to the outdoors. Koalas are very curious creatures, and if the opportunity presents itself, they will investigate. All right, so that makes... So, so that makes a little more sense. Uh, apparently, the koala wandered into the helm somehow and climbed the right. tree. Is that okay? That makes a little yeah. more sense. Which I mean, I kind of question. I guess there are times in people's everyday life where they have the doors open to their home for yep. a while if they're moving furniture or if they're. I don't know. A but lot. that would be my question. Like, what event was going on that kept the door open and that allowed a koala to come into the house unless they can open doors? They might be smart, too. Not only curious, they could be smart creatures, too. All right. Now we're taking this story so. to a whole new level. So, so I don't know. Because <laughs> now you're going to start koala saying koala bears, bears so are, are are breaking in and stealing things. Yeah, anyway. No, they are. They are adorable. I think I need to get a koala bear ornament now for my tree. I think oh. you should. Because that, I think that would be, be cute. Fun. Did they say if the koala had a name? They didn't, right? Did they, they name didn't. The koala? No. So they're probably going to come back with like like the Rockefeller Center story with the owl coming back with Rocky, right, probably come back right. and have a fun What were you going to say, Chuck? I was going to say, what is a fairy on a tree? Like, is that an Australian thing? Kind of like oh, the star, that's a good question. star on yeah, top of our tree? I've never heard of a fairy Christmas thing. I was wondering that. You know, I know some people put stars on the top of their tree. Some people put the angel on the top of the tree. So it yeah. could be some form of I'm have to that. look that up. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck. Well, listen, you two. I... It's my understanding that you are big reality baker show people, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What do you do? The British one? Is that what it's called? Great British Baking Show. Yeah, it's just called the British one. No, it's just called the British one. (laughs) (laughs) What? It's like you people, the British one. The British one. So wait, what's it called? The Great British Baking Show. Although I've heard people refer to it as the Great British Bake Off. All right, I was close. Is it the same thing? Chuck, do you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I've never heard that. So uh, that that's a new one on me, but I would, yeah. watch, them, I would watch them both. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> and, and speaking of, we will give you a quick update. I don't, I'm not going to, although I, I personally feel this would be a whole nother topic. When is it okay to discuss reality TV results? You know, do you have to wait 24 hours? Do you have to wait a week? You know, whatever. Uh, but our Carolina Panthers football players, I'm just going to say are still in it to win it. I don't want to give any more away, just in case people out there haven't seen it yet. But they're doing well, Chuck. Amazing and, race. Yeah, I'm not gonna give. Yeah, I'm not gonna give away who came in first or who got eliminated, how, just in case. How how many teams are they down to? Uh, I believe it's four, Roxy. Four. 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 They're in the top okay. four. So. Okay, so we're like semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like that. And their their final group is always the top three, and then they battle it out for a winner. So yeah, they're gotcha. they're going for right. the final. Now, unfortunately, I don't think this is giving away too much. Unfortunately, they're kind of now out of that alliance, quote unquote, that was formed, which I hated. But anyway, we should do this. We should we should do one of those sometime before do we do an amazing old, race. An amazing race. Oh, like you two that. would yeah. be so good on it. <laughs> oh, you before mean us, like in real life, where we can't run. <laughs> Well, wait, you're, you you mean in real life, Chuck? Yes, real life. Oh, my gosh. About? Holy cow. I don't know if I could do that. Maybe. We'll fun. see. You got to train. Gonna... You got to train. <laughs> Dude, if those Carolina Panthers can do it, we can do it. Oh. <laughs> All right. And finally, speaking of the reason I brought up the, the baking shows is you guys might be interested in this. Reynolds Kitchens announced it is seeking a cookie connoisseur to develop five unique cookie recipes. Okay, this is an article by Ben Hooper. Wait, I was made for this. Yeah, well, maybe. Okay. 
A cookie supply company announced it is seeking a cookie connoisseur who will be paid $5,000 to create unique cookie recipes with wacky ingredients. Reynolds Kitchens said the cookie connoisseur will be tapped to author five cookie recipes to be featured in the brand's 21-day cookie countdown to 2021. Bakers interested in the position, which comes with a $5,000 paycheck, are being asked to submit a cookie recipe that includes an unexpected or wacky ingredient. It does say to email entries here, I'm not going to give away the email address because we at the Loyal Littles podcast do not want to be responsible for any of these entries. It does say your recipe should include a photo of the resulting cookies and a 250-word description of why they would be perfect for the job. Applicants should also include their names, ages, and addresses. And then they say, quote, the holidays may be filled with some uncertainty this year, but baking cookies always brings joy. We're looking for a fun-loving baker to help us end this challenging year on a sweet note with a creative cookie countdown. Who can think up of a new cookie? That is tough. Sounds like a Hallmark movie to me. I wonder if it, I bet I bet a lot of people submit weed cookies. Oh yeah. Well, that's but what that's I was thinking. Original. Or CBD oil cookies or something because now it's kind of legal, you know. Right. right. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering when it said wacky quote unquote ingredients. <laughs> See, I went to like jalapenos or. Oh, interesting! I would I probably know. try I that. I think I need. I think I need to stretch. do some work in the kitchen today. Now this is inspiring me. <laughs> wow, multi multi batches of cookies. Yeah. So all you little littles, if you want in on the cookie connoisseur contest, I'm sure you could just Google Reynolds Kitchens, who is doing the contest. Or cookie connoisseur recipe contest. I'm sure you could find the e- email address. Send your recipes in. How much fun would that be? That well, was I was impressed that you could say cookie connoisseur contest. Cookie no. connoisseur contest. Yeah, that was impressive. Anyway, <laughs> Loyal Littles, that's all the time we have this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Loyal Littles podcast. Roxy, how can they get in touch with us? You can reach us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. Remember to put loyal littles in the subject. You can also reach out to us on our new Twitter page. <laughs> and that, again, the handle is at loyallittlespod. And as always, if you want to listen to us, you can hear us on all listening platforms, including iTunes and Apple. Please, if you listen on iTunes, don't forget to rate Review and subscribe. That's so important for us. Also, don't forget to give our Loyal Littles podcast Facebook page a like if you get a chance. And as always, if you're out online tonight or shopping in person and you happen to have one, don't be like Roxy and use the code. Meet you soon, everyone. We shook up the world. Streetlight lovers. Middle of summer, stuck in the calm right before the kiss. My midnight eyes on your cigarette lips. I miss that moment and what came from it. Walking away wasn't part of the plan when I knew you like the back of my hand. We always used to say that things would never change, but now you feel so far away. Brooklyn, can you hear me calling you from just across the river? I know I can't go back to our streets and haunted avenues, ghosts in the reflections. Brooklyn, this one's for you. Brooklyn, this one's for you. Am I stuck half living? Part of me still in another time Towing the edge till we cross the line Got too damn used to Running back to you Go through the motions of moving on I'm starting to hate that you're never gone We always used to say that things would never change But now nothing stays the same Brooklyn, can you hear me calling you from just across the river? I know I can't go back 
and haunted avenues, posting the reflections. Brooklyn, this one's for you. Brooklyn, this one's for you. See you when I lay alone in the dark. Bridges can't be built when we're this far apart. It's just ten numbers from your voice tonight. But nothing I could say feels right. Silence filling up all the air. In the space, all words used to share. Brooklyn, can you hear me calling you? I'm just across the river. I know I can't go back. To lost streets and haunted avenues. On the reflections, Brooklyn, 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 this one's for you. Oh, Brooklyn, this one's for you. The Loyal Littles podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. Oh, yeah.